the evening was cold. The sun's final rays offered a fleeting comfort in between the seeping shadows that clawed their way towards the horizon and beyond. The shadows of surrounding giants, aged and metallic, with their rusted and twisting veins. They had seen better days, where once they had been symbols of innovation and productivity, they now desperately coughed and spluttered their acrid fumes of monotonous, sustained existence. But as I drew ever closer to the wavering heart of this decrepit part of town, my certainty did not falter, nor my understanding of what must be done. For a long night lay ahead of me, one that would challenge my resolve, as the setting of the sun brought with it something darker than the night, and it would remind me of the severity of my task, or more so, the futility of my existence, of all sentient existence, should I fail to succeed. And so, through all of her concerns and complaints, Violet would have to wait, and so too would our comparably insignificant mutual affections. All of this I must remember, each one of my footsteps against the harsh concrete floor as the thud of a hammer I revisit, grounding these thoughts incessantly into my mental awareness as I move ever closer to my destination. In the coming hours, I must remember. It is imperative, I remember. Navigating these forgotten alleys and barbed wire walkways gave me the time I needed to revitalize my perseverance. I had tread this path countless times before, but this time was so very different. So important. This time I could have recalled the number of bricks on the pavement that I had passed so far with an acute precision, or confidently speculated at the number of hollowed factory husks I had given a passing glance at on my journey up until this point. My mind was active, and my heart was twitching. The workshop was just ahead. Its exterior still demonstrates a form of unconventional majesty in a way. Its grandiose angles and powering sturdy walls display a somewhat admirable defiance a reluctance to its own decay, an impressive mask that hides away the truth of its corroded interior, like the tragic but undeniable beauty of seeing some giant, exotic beast dead on the ground in a distant foreign land, before time and decay tear at its form, and smaller, ravenous creatures remove the final remnants of its being from the earth, into the belly of this beast. I cannot falter. They forbid me from faltering. And they will have what they need. The darkness consumes my senses and thrusts my grip of perception into an alternate domain. A domain of watchful eyes and hushed whispers of beings I know cannot truly be there. Logic dictates that this is merely an instinctual reaction of my own, a cruel mockery of my mind's construction, like a child left alone at night once the lights go out. However, recent events have introduced me to things beyond logic. And as a result, I cannot help but ponder as to whether the darkness allows me to perceive another dimension parallel to our own, where my earthly senses, once diluted, enable me to peer into the window of another plane, an alien plane. I must linger no longer, for fear of answers I do not wish to know. I must find the light.
The building groans and convulses as it returns from death, dragged reluctantly back into existence by my own hand. I feel guilt to some extent, refusing to let this sleeping dog lie, but it must breathe again one last time, until my work is done. There can be no other way. These walls have so much to whisper. Stories no one else would care to remember of the rise and fall of this once proud establishment. My memories of this place aren't exactly what I'd call fond, but I do look back on my time here with a degree of positive nostalgia. Before assets had to be sold and livelihoods discarded out of grim necessity. And now it slumbers, a crypt of decay, a time capsule of cogs and cobwebs. But I am not here to reminisce, I am here to craft. I have wasted enough time already. The shadows grow across the walls and night approaches. I must make haste. For soon he will arrive, the one who lurks in the corners. The one who watches from the abyss, my silent tormentor who speaks corruption in my ear in a hushed alien tongue. I know his name, he told me, and yet I do not know it. All I know for certain is that his arrival is inevitable, and his presence corrodes all and induces a sickness within me that has no comparison. This has all been for him. I have followed his instructions to perfection. And yet his breath still clings so close to my neck, his gaze burning a chasm into my spine. He watches with vicious intent to ensure my continued precision. I am well aware that I will never truly know what this device is, an irony not lost on me as its creator, but my curiosity is reluctantly inevitable. Too many nights I have spent, eyes sleepless and bloodshot, scouring the corners of my psyche for understanding, but to no avail, as this object and its purpose transcend human knowledge and I am conscious that this guardian of the shadows has no desire for me to know such things. The sculpture is covered in etchings, symbols and markings completely foreign to me, that whilst carved by my own hand bear no resemblance to any language or alphabet I have ever encountered. But whilst their meanings and origins are entirely alien to me, I still experience a sense of familiarity towards them. A connection that I cannot decipher, but feel must be due to my position as a watcher's puppet. My mind belongs to him, and as a result, it is sometimes able to grasp onto brief fragments of knowledge relating to my cause and my overseer. My long night begins now. The shadows twist. I know he is already here. I managed to rest somewhat, in amongst the sounds that had continued throughout the night. I must persist to reassure myself that they belong purely to the world of the physical, merely that of a dying building as it creeps and sighs in the midnight frost. Of pipes groaning behind the walls and floorboards shuddering in respite, instead of some ghoulish terror that haunts the corners of this room. 
On a number of occasions last night, I had woken up, seemingly gripped by an icy fever, and heard things that struck a chill much more severe than that of my affliction throughout my being. Not so much a sound that could be heard, or even a sound at all as such, but more the feeling of a presence that crept around my body as I slumbered. I have lost all grasp of time. What hour is it? What day is it? I'm in the midst of some cruel fever dream, but one that I cannot wake up from, as I am already well awake. The light outside seems desperate, and I can only assume that evening draws near once more. Yet again, Violet would have to wait. My feelings yearn for me to beg her forgiveness, but I am ever aware of my incomplete work and of the cost it will come should that persist. Suddenly, I am overcome by a crippling imbalance in the room, as if faced by a bottomless void. All light seems to leap from my surroundings and contort, before retreating entirely under a veil of darkness that consumes the room. My stomach twists inside of my body, an immediate repulsion to the disease now entering the space surrounding me. I would vomit at my stomach any contents. Once more, the watcher takes up his post, and whilst I cannot see him, the chattering of his sharp teeth confirm that he is near. His voice slithers instructions into my ear, prophetic murmurs and warnings, dark promises and the words of grim salvation. I will continue my task. Fuller's eye is nearly open. The Watcher showed me the beyond. I saw through the veil of reality. I saw the shadows of great leviathans cast upon the barren mountains of alien worlds. I saw their tentacles writhe amongst the expanse, blocking out the light of distant suns. And I saw their eyes, unflinching and hungry, set their gaze towards the earth. controls every aspect of my being. Even sleep offers no respite from his ever-watchful eyes. I have grown to fear my dreams, which have become twisted fragments of my own memory, tainted by the Watcher's hand to offer distorted visions of things I once held dear. Images of Violet, in a time and a place I once knew, but with her face melted and bent beyond recollection. Horrifying dreamscapes threaten to shatter my association with existence. Soon this can all be over. But what is this? Something stirs outside. I can hear it creeping down the corridor towards this very room. An intruder approaches. The Watcher hisses venomously at my back. Who dares to tread into our realm? Clearly someone ill-prepared for the wickedry at play inside these walls. 
whose fragile mind will crack and scatter into the winds when exposed to the gateway that leads beyond the veil. But alas, the poor fool proceeds. Please, no. She didn't wait. Why did she not wait? Her tender soul is too innocent to dwell amongst this foul villainy. Her soul will be consumed by the shadows and those that watch from within them. I can already hear them, creeping along the walls and whispering plans of cruel intent. Poor Violet, the young and unfortunately loyal fool. She yells at me and scorns my name initially. A final dance of the wounded heart performed just for me. But her anger is merely the product of her concern and lack of understanding. Her kind heart is too tender to maintain the skies. Next, she pleads for an explanation as her frantic tears begin to steady, still desperate to rescue our bond. Her pleas nearly succeed until I am dragged back into conscious thought. And her attention shifts towards the device. Please. Please. God, forgive me. soon need to be moved before the odor grows too fetid soon for my work is now done <laughs>